Hi, podcast listeners. This is Danielle. And this is Gala. And this is Music and Mindset, a podcast series promoting mental health in the categories of mind, body, and spirit. Today's episode is tapping into your childlike creativity and focuses on wellness for your spirit. At some point or another, you may have heard someone say, either to you or about someone else, she is so creative. Or maybe some other similar comment like, you need to be creative to do X thing. But here's the secret. Creativity is not a thing you have or don't have. It's a way of being. This is great news because it means anyone can tap into their creativity and make or do the things they've always wanted to make or do. Moreover, we tend to be most naturally creative when we're children, and that's the sort of wholesome, non-judgmental energy we're after in today's episode. What is your inner artist child like, and how can you access them? In chapter 12 of The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron writes, We are intended to create. We refurbish a dowdy kitchen, tie bows on a holiday cat, experiment with a better soup, The same child who brewed perfume from a dab of this and a dab of that, half dish soap and part cinnamon, grows up to buy potpourri and to boil a spice pot that says Christmas. As gray, as controlled, as dreamless as we may strive to be, the fire of our dreams will not stay buried. The embers are always there, stirring in our frozen souls like winter leaves. They won't go away. They are sneaky. To help you find those sneaky, buried, creative embers, let's dive into two categories. Mindset, things to be, and activities, things to do. The first mindset tip that we have for you in tapping into your childlike creativity is probably not one that's going to surprise you. It's to be open-minded to avoid judgment of yourself and of others. Think about the ways that you used to explore or play or express yourself as a child and try to capture that level of gentle curiosity in your open-mindedness. John Cleese of Monty Python fame often lectures on creativity and he recommends getting into what he calls the quote, open mode, which for our intents and purposes is pretty much the same thing as open-mindedness. Cleese says that you need five different things for this open mode. The first is space, space away from the demands of your life. The second is time, a specific time period to do your creative work. The third thing is also time, but a different kind. It's time to spend on problems, time to wrestle with things where you're tolerating discomfort. The fourth key thing is confidence. You have to risk being wrong and also risk being silly. There is nothing wrong because you're just playing. And the final thing that John Cleese recommends is humor. Humor is what gets you from the closed mindset to the open one. John Cleese says, quote, solemnity serves pomposity. Our second key mindset habit is to be a collector. In the book, Steal Like an Artist, Austin Cleon recommends that artists, or anyone interested in creating anything, steal the things they like and put them in their own voice. 
Some of his 10 steps for unlocking creativity in this book are, quote, don't wait until you know who you are to get started, write the book you want to read, and side projects and hobbies are important. And we'll get to that last one in just a little bit. Being a collector means identifying the things that you like and putting them in a space where you can see them or hear them on a pretty regular basis. When you collect the things that inspire and interest you, you may start to see some patterns. And if not, you have a big list of things that makes you smile, and that's certainly worth it all on its own. Finally, remember, creativity is not a thing that you have or don't have. It's a way of being. So if you're not feeling it today, that's okay. Just keep collecting, keep opening your mind, and the creativity will come. And now for our activities, the things that you can do to tap into your inner creativity, your inner artist child. First, and you may have been expecting this, keep a journal, or at least a place to write down your thoughts and your ideas. This activity really serves that collector mindset. Whether it's just thoughts that you have at the very beginning of the day that you want to get out of your brain, like morning pages, a practice from the artist's way, or a weekly, maybe Sunday night reflection, there are plenty of ways to keep the things that you're thinking about that are top of mind that may someday turn into some sort of creative activity for you. Another idea is to have a note in your phone where you can write down things more spontaneously or even just take down the funny phrases that you read or hear. And if you're not exactly a writer or someone who gets their ideas out in words, consider doodling or drawing or coloring. All of these things might seem a little bit lower stakes and might get you more easily into that inner artist child mindset. Doodling and coloring are also great because while they keep you busy, they aren't necessarily thought intensive, so they can trigger some buried thoughts and ideas that you might have. Also, these activities are intrinsically rewarding. After you've been coloring for a while, you have a joyful picture that you've made. After you've been journaling for a few weeks, you see how much you've physically written on the page. Our second activity is to surround yourself with the things that you love. Danielle and I call this a sacred space, which is terminology that we're borrowing from Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, but you may have heard it called other things. For example, Austin Kleon calls it your, quote, bliss station in his book, Keep Going. And to learn more about building your sacred space, you can check out episode seven of Music and Mindset. But back to this activity. By surrounding yourself with things that you love, you allow yourself to both connect and disconnect. As Cleon puts it, quote, creativity is about connection. You must be connected to others in order to be inspired and share your own work. But it is also about disconnection. You must retreat from the world long enough to think, practice your art, and bring forth something worth sharing with others. You must play a little hide and seek in order to produce something worth being found. Our third activity idea for tapping into your artist child and your creativity is to always be learning. The phrase, you should learn a new thing every day, should be true for you if you're looking to tap into your creativity. Easy, passive ways to learn new things are all around us and totally free at this point, especially things like podcasts, like this one, TED Talks, and other things that you can listen to while you take a walk, clean your kitchen, or do other sorts of tasky things. 
This could also be researching a topic of your choice, either sporadically, whenever you happen to think about it, and that gets you into a creative mood, or methodically, maybe something that you do every morning. Our fourth activity is to spend time outside, if you can. And this also comes from an adage, art imitates life. But that's because nature is refreshing and can also be inspiring. Fresh air, sounds of nature, and the vitamin D that you get from sunlight can all help you tap into your creativity and also open your eyes, help you observe things that maybe you just haven't been paying attention to. Our fifth activity idea is very related to the fourth, which is movement. Go for a walk today if you can, even take a big stretch, stand up at your desk and get out of the zone that you've been in for the past couple minutes, hours, days. Also, this could be a physical activity that you enjoy. Maybe you're a runner or a jogger, or you enjoy doing some other physical activity. Moving is just a great way to get unstuck. And speaking of getting unstuck, do boring tasks or really tasky things that you don't enjoy. And I know this may sound kind of counterintuitive for an episode on tapping into your creativity, but come with us on this journey. This is a tip from Steal Like an Artist, another book by Austin Kleon. And he says that being boring is, quote, the only way to get work done. And by work, he means creative work. Oftentimes, being bored is what helps those interesting, exciting ideas bubble to the top. Have you ever wondered why you have all of your good ideas in the shower or while washing the dishes? It's because your brain is actually bored, and doing something that takes effort but not a ton of brain energy leaves your mind free to wander. And finally, the opposite of the boring stuff. Play. What are the things that you enjoy doing but just don't make the time for? Maybe this is something like doing puzzles or listening to some of your old favorite songs, those guilty pleasure songs that you think somebody might make fun of you for. Also think about hobbies that you think other people might not know that you do or things that you did a really long time ago. Can anyone say hula hooping? Dr. Stuart Brown, who's the founder of the National Institute for Play, compares play to oxygen, saying, quote, It's all around us, yet goes mostly unnoticed or unappreciated until it's missing. The National Institute for Play believes that, quote, Play is the gateway to vitality. By its nature, it is uniquely and intrinsically rewarding. It generates optimism, seeks out novelty, makes perseverance fun, leads to mastery, gives the immune system a bounce, fosters empathy, and promotes a sense of belonging and community. It sure does seem that play does a lot, but for our purposes, it's actually one of the perfect ways to get you into what John Cleese calls that open mode, that open-mindedness, and encourages that creativity in us all, that creativity that your inner artist child craves. Gala's tips for creative play through mindset and activities reminds me of when I was in school. I remember preparing for a major concerto performance with the UM Symphony Band. This was a very serious piece with a very serious ensemble. I was scared. 
but I knew the only way to get past my fear was to find a way to have fun. So when I was preparing, I found fun, creative ways to tackle this very important task. Luckily, I was alone in a room, but as I transitioned from percussion station to the next, I turned it into a game, doing cartwheels from one station to the next, or run to the other side of the room, and I've even taken apart instruments and reassembled them, all in time to make it to my next cue. Essentially, I was making the preparation harder than what the piece called for, and I had fun doing it. So by the time I walked out on stage and performed with a very talented and serious musical group, I was just simply having a good time. I changed my mindset from serious to playtime, which actually improved my precision and accuracy because I wasn't thinking about it. I was simply having fun and feeling the moment. Adding activities into my practice sessions also helped turn this highly repetitive activity into something enjoyable because it felt fresh, allowing me to be able to dig deeper into my work. Julia Cameron has a great chapter on tapping into your inner child in her book, The Artist's Way. She writes, we are an ambitious society and it is often difficult for us to cultivate forms of creativity that do not directly serve us and our career goals. It is a paradox of creative recovery that we must get serious about taking ourselves lightly. We must work at learning to play. If you're interested in learning more, you can check out other resources, including articles, books, guided meditations, original music, and yoga with Danielle in our resources list in the show notes for today's episode. We would like to thank the University of Michigan Depression Center, the Excel Lab, and the School of Music, Theater, and Dance Wellness Initiative for their support in making this podcast possible. Join us for our next episode coming out in just a couple of weeks, which will be about creating, quote, bad art and being a shadow artist. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.